0: Welcome to The Lens, hosted by Catalysis, where we get a glimpse inside healthcare organizations that are transforming to a culture of improvement to deliver continually higher value outcomes for patients, staff, and communities. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens for more information about Catalysis. Welcome. Last time, we discussed the importance of the board and their role in the organizational excellence journey. Today, we're going to discuss the role leaders play in supporting the cultural change required to transform the organization. Welcome back, John. Thanks. So, what does it mean to transform an organization's culture?
1: Well, as we all know, culture is a, uh, is a complex is a complex thing to, to study and and improve, but culture is really a set of beliefs, actions, values that exist in every organization. And the behaviors that people espouse are really a big part of that. So, what we're talking about when we're talking about building a culture of excellence or organizational excellence is what are the behaviors and the actions and the practices that are required by really everyone in the organization to do something different. And in this case, what we're trying to do is to build an improvement culture. So a a culture of continuous improvement. And I think that um, we start by, by really focusing in on you know, the behaviors that are required to do that. And, um, and that's hard. Uh, the behavioral change uh, to this work is hard and it's, it's, it's particularly hard at the senior senior level.
0: Well, and, and culture as you said is is a very big concept and it's unique to each location, each organization. Uh, even within an organization, multiple locations can have slightly different cultures. But as you say, senior leaders play a critical role in, a role in any cultural change. What's their role in leading the change to organizational excellence for everyone in the organization?
1: Well, I think the the leader's role is to model the way for the uh, f- for the cultural change. So if you want to build a culture of continuous improvement, you have to actually be modeling the behavior that's going to make that cultural change happen. And sometimes uh, we don't know what we don't know. And so that means we have to become students. We have to become students of what are those key behaviors? What are those activities that are going to lead to uh, creating organizational excellence? And uh, I think that it really starts with uh, first of all, a set of principles. So, as we think about the principles of an improvement culture, we're really looking at the, uh, the, the sort of the universal truths. I guess is the way I like to think of it. The universal truths that sort of underline or are the bedrock of organizational culture. So things like respect for people. Uh, we respect you to identify and solve problems. Frontline worker, for example. You know, in most cases, organizations today, the, it's very top down. The leader says, go do this. The next person down says, go do this. And then that gets to the front line. The front line doesn't have any, any responsibility for solving problems. And what we're saying, you know, in a, in a, in a principle-based culture is that if we respect you, We respect you to identify and solve problems. So we're pushing down the decision making for problem solving to the front line. That's a basic principle or a universal truth that underlies an improvement culture.
0: So that seems critical to to understand those principles tying to your, as you said, beliefs and values, and, and of course the actions or the behaviors. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the other principles that really are important in an improvement culture? Well,
1: I think the, the number one principle is creating value for the patient. So everything we do should be focused on creating value uh, for the patient. Uh, certainly then understanding what is the purpose. So defining key metrics, defining key breakthrough strategies. So you know, uh, what is the underlying purpose of the organization? That's, that's another principle, the, the constancy of purpose. Another principle would be systemic thinking. So are we thinking across the entire organization or are we just maximizing our one little department? So we have to think about it from a patient perspective. What is the patient experience? We have, and, and so those are sort of the aligning principles. I, I like to call them the aligning principles. So create creating value, um, uh, defining what the purpose is, and thinking systemically. We have the enabling principles, which really are the, cultural center, uh, I think, of, of, of uh, organizational uh, excellence, which are things like respect for people, as I, as I, as I discussed, and um, leading with humility. So, we know that humble leaders are much more successful than leaders who are autocratic, and that's been shown in multiple studies, Jim Collins' work, uh, Level 5 Leadership. And then, and then we have the improved principles, and that's where we start to bring the tools in and, and understanding how do we how do we build quality at the source? How do we uh, use plan, do, study, act, or scientific thinking to solve problems? You know, how do we create a system and that that's a pull system where where people, our patients, get what they want when they want it? And uh, so, so there's these different levels of principles, and you know. What I've described are shingle principles, but the key is that um, what we need is a set of principles. If you look at all the great organizations uh, in the world today, whether it's Autoleave or Toyota or Danaher, they're all based on a set of core principles, universal truths that sort of drive uh, everything else. And so that's where we need to start is with those core principles.
0: So one in particular you mentioned and, and I want to pick at a little bit is the systemic thinking because in, in large organizations it's very easy to have silos and uh, thinking about your own department and, and not necessarily think about the impact elsewhere. So what are some of the behaviors and, and key things that can help with that because uh, it seems as though culturally that could be one that could make the biggest broad based impact.
1: I think from a leadership standpoint, we've we've identified five key behaviors and I think they're really their behavioral traits. Um, the first one is willingness so willingness to change and willingness to self reflect on your uh, on your role as a leader. Uh, what I ask people to do is once a week spend 15 minutes in your in your week uh in your calendar just to step back and ask two questions what did i do this week that unleashed the creativity of my team what did i do this week that shut my team down so that is a self-reflection mechanism that's very important for leaders second one is humility so am i leading with humility how would i know that well going to see going to the by asking questions not telling people what to do A third one is curiosity. Do I go and ask open-ended questions or do I ask questions that already have my solution built into them? And am I listening carefully to what people are telling me? Am I using A3 thinking or a problem-solving process on a single piece of paper? Uh, the, 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 The fourth one is perseverance. So this is hard work. It's hard work to change behavior. Do I have a coach? Do I have a mentor? Um, do I have a buddy that can give me some, some feedback about how I'm doing as a leader? And then uh, finally, self-discipline, which is, do I have actual any standard work in my week uh, that allows me to, uh, to, 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 to be consistent as a leader in, in, in the work? So we know that those five uh, key behavioral traits are critical to building a culture of continuous improvement, and the more leaders model uh, those behaviors uh, the more success uh, we find they have.
0: Great. So it very much is, as you said earlier, modeling the way. So what do system senior leaders need to work on, uh, you know, specifically within that you mentioned the, the setting aside time to reflect on the week, for example, um, and modeling the way through humble inquiry at, at the Gemba. Any other systems that they specifically as senior leaders should work on uh, to help with the transformation?
1: Well, those are behaviors. And so then what we need to do from behaviors is to create the systems. And there are key systems that are important for senior leaders to, 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 to work on. First of all is true north metrics, not 50 metrics, five or six or seven, those top things that really matter to create that constancy of purpose for the organization. Behavioral indicators. How are we going to behave with each other? Have we defined those? Are they clear? Are we we modeling those specific behaviors? We need to create a strategy deployment system and a strategy development system. So, these are all systems in in addition to, um, uh, you know, the behaviors. A visual management system. Uh, We need to be able to visually manage True North performance strategy uh, breakthrough strategies. And then, um, you know, a, a, a governance system that, that 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 the board is working on. In addition to that, you know, we have to create a management system, and senior leaders have a specific role to play in a management system. And this management system needs to cascade information down in the organization and allow for information to cascade back up in the organization. And a series of steps, what we call catchball conversations are part of that management system. So there are several different systems that need to be built based on the principles and behaviors that we establish as the, as the underlying uh, uh, cultural bedrock.
0: So cultural change, as we said earlier, is, is a big topic. So what are some of the challenges um, that the leaders need to embrace this role Uh, for cultural change?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest ones is is they not they don't necessarily know what to do so uh, Or what to do differently and so they really need to have uh, Some help with that. I mean, I had two different teachers and a mentor when I was learning this as CEO I think it's really important to have uh, teachers or coaches to, and, and and be willing to take feedback and then go try experiments uh, it's important to uh, have a process by which you can um, constantly learn and not just from not just from a coach but also yourself in, in personal reflection and um, we use what's called a personal A3, so it's really kind of a uh, problem-solving A3, only it's for the opportunity that you have to improve as a leader. Uh, and, and, and so that's another way that we can begin to work on improving our, our, our performance as leaders is to actually have a process. And in this case, the personal A3 is a great process to allow for uh, improvement of the way you lead.
0: So th- they have their A three and they're they're they think they're doing things. How do they know if they're making progress? What what do they see from the inside for themselves?
1: Well, I think you know there's different ways to to measure that. Uh, it's not like it's a quantitative measure. I think um, I've seen executives really go out and ask their subordinates or their peers. Uh, you know what what have you seen differently? Uh, in my actions and behaviors, uh, have you seen any improvement in in the things that I'm working on? I think to be open and and honest to share that personal A3 with people, so you so people can know what you're trying to uh, work on, what you're trying to improve on, uh, is helpful. Uh, clearly, if you have a coach or a buddy who is is, is assigned to uh, evaluating or, or, or watching you in the, in the Gimba and other places, uh, you can get feedback from, from them. And then also, as I pointed out earlier, the self-reflection process is, is important. Sometimes it's a, it's, it's a good idea to get, uh, you know, a completely outside opinion in which we would, you know, do a, a, a leadership assessment of the, uh, of the leaders in the organization. I've done many of these leadership assessments over the years and that allows the leadership team and the leaders in particular to understand where their opportunities for improvement are, create a gap analysis and then a plan to uh, close the gap.
0: Great, John, John great advice. Any, any personal words of advice you have to share with leaders on their journey based on your own experience?
1: Well, I would just say this is hard work. Um, I'm still a work in progress. I have, uh, you know, personally made many changes in my, in my uh, leadership uh, behaviors over the years. But the thing that I would, I would leave you with is when you're having a bad day, go to the Gimba and ask open-ended questions. And my guess is that bad day will turn into a good day because when you really go see why we do what we do, we, we go spend time at the front line. It's the most exciting part of, 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 of the week it was for me, and it gives you hope that we can get through things by, uh, by observing and asking questions to the wonderful people that work for you and, uh, and getting their ideas and feedback. Thank you, John, for that
0: positive message and an in-depth look into cultural transformation and everyone thank you for listening visit createvalue.org the lens to get articles and news related to healthcare transformation delivered directly to your inbox join us next week as we talk with catalysis ceo kim barnes about the role of the improvement team in organizational excellence thank you for listening Visit createvalue.org slash the lens to learn more about how catalysis can inspire you to accelerate change in your organization.